What's happening, everybody? I'm your host, Jamina Aisha, and this is Coffee Before the Chaos. Hey, what's up, everybody? I'm your host, Jamina Aisha. Welcome to Coffee Before the Chaos. Happy Monday. And for real, for real, happy December. We are 29 days away from 2020. I, I'm i not going to say that I'm surprised or shocked. I am just super excited. And I, because I love New Year's, there are several holidays that I absolutely love. And that is New Year's, my birthday, Thanksgiving, and... That's it. (laughs) And you know what? To be real, I'm starting to really like get into Christmas spirit too. I'm actually kind of really looking forward to um, Christmas. Like the Christmas time. Now that we're in December, Christmas music, putting up Christmas decorations. Now it makes sense to me. I have a friend, literally y'all, and I love her to death. She my girl. But if she could have her her way, she would literally have her Christmas decorations thrown up in her house and outside of her house in mm, September and then had that shit all the way until March. (laughs) Like she goes hamburger when it comes to like Christmas decorations and stuff. Me, I'm just like, no, Christmas stuff is from December 1st until maybe the earliest is like Black Friday, the day after Thanksgiving. But nah, for real, December 1st to December 26th. Like, (laughs) I don't want to see or hear nothing about Christmas until then. But, you know, we don't live in a Jemina perfect world. So we're seeing Christmas stuff and hearing Christmas music. And we ain't even seen Boo yet, said Boo yet. We ain't even, you know, scared each other yet for Halloween and already seeing Christmas stuff and hearing Christmas music. It's ridiculous. But anyway, so I hope everybody had a good Thanksgiving. My Thanksgiving was, mm, it was so-so. My father's, my late father's birthday fell on Thanksgiving this year. I attempted to go to the cemetery to see him, if you will. Um, I know that may sound weird to some of you, but those of us that have lost loved ones, we, you know, you go to the cemetery to see them, you know, and to talk to them and things like that. It's just a way in which you can cope with a loss, a way in which you can kind of connect with them, you know, in the afterlife. If you are a spiritual person, if you believe in energies and chemistries of human beings because you know I've stated before that we're all spiritual beings living a human existence so you know I know, that's just my take on it but I attempted to go to the cemetery but it's a national cemetery the VA cemetery so it was closed I didn't know that they were closed on holidays I mean I mean, they would have to know that some of us would like to be able to see our loved ones, you know, go to the cemetery, pay our respects and stuff on the holidays. But, you know, they got to have a life, too. So that's completely understandable. And then I was also told that people go to cemeteries and steal shit off of like the 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 gravesite, like the 
you know, like the tombstones and stuff. Like, I, that is so disgusting. People just are just disgusting these days. I, why would you do that? Like, it's, that's just so rude. So rude, so disrespectful. But, so I attempted to do that. I really didn't spend a whole lot of time with my family. I just really wanted to be by myself and just go to my dad's gravesite. Um, I did end up making a plate. Um, you know, saying hello to everyone, made a plate, and then I bounced. Um, I just really didn't, you know, want to do much. But, um, you know, I told myself, you know what, you've, I've given myself enough time, I feel like, to be sad. And my dad wouldn't want me to be sad. So I made a promise to myself and I said, after this holiday, no more holidays are going to be spent like that, like being super sad and, you know, alienating myself. Unless I absolutely choose to do so for a different reason, but I don't want that reason to be because I'm sad about, you know, my father not being here. So, because I know that he wouldn't want me to, to be like that. So, so yeah. So, that was my turkey day. Um, and um, like I said, I am looking forward. I'm getting into the spirit of Christmas. Um, at my job that I have, we have a Christmas party coming up and we do Secret Santa. So I'm really excited about that. And there might be, I have the possibility of possibly being out of town for Christmas. So I'm excited about that. Um, and I also have, before I forget, let me throw this out there. Before I forget... Now, I have stated before that you guys can call in and leave me voice messages. You can ask me questions. You can give me any type of topic suggestion that you want to, um, or just say what's up, just holler at me, whatever. But a lot of you listen to me, listen to my show on Apple, Google, or Spotify. And I don't think that the anchor number for you to call into is on there. So I have a phone number down for you guys to call into, leave me a voice message, or you can text me. And that number is 937-689-5948. Again, that's 937-689-5948. So if you call in, like I said, just leave me a voice message. You can give me topic suggestions or ask me a question and then I will, you know, answer you, respond um, via Coffee Before the Chaos here on Mondays, just like you're listening to right now. So um, yeah, so I'm excited about that because I want to, you know, communicate with you guys. And then of course, like always, you can always follow me, hit me up on Instagram or Twitter at Jamina Aisha. And that's J-E-M-I-N-A-A-Y-A-S-H-A. Okay, I had to get that out there, y'all, before I forget. Um, (laughs) I didn't want to leave that out for you guys. Um, So, Thanksgiving and then Black Friday. I didn't spend any money on Black Friday. I was going to um, uh, buy a whole bunch of makeup because I threw away all my makeup all of my tools and everything because everything is so old. And I'm like, I'm an esthetician. I know better than to be putting this old ass makeup on my face. You know, (laughs) like I'm going to end up with a whole chin strap of bum bumps if I keep putting this old ass makeup on my face. So 
I just threw it all away and I was like, I just need to get all new makeup. But I ended up not even spending any money um, because uh, I just, you know, I was like, no, I'm going to wait. You know, I might cop some stuff Cyber Monday because I know um, Crayon Case is going to have some sales and stuff like that. Um, and then other other brands will have deals and whatnot on Cyber Monday. But your girl didn't spend any money on Black Friday. Um, but let me tell y'all something. Let me tell y'all this little story, okay? So, <laughs> it's it's pertaining to Black Friday. So, I have a friend who is like a little sister that I never wanted. No. <laughs> but, no, I love her to death. So, <laughs> she probably gonna kill me. Um, I'm not name dropping, so girl, it's okay. But, no. <laughs> so, she went Black Friday shopping and mind you, she's younger than me, so she's under the age of 25, okay? So she went Black Friday shopping, and I'm telling her, like, girl, you about to be out there with all them damn kids. Like, you a good one, because I can't do that. It's probably nothing but teenagers. So why this girl going to tell me that when she was a teenager, her and one of her friends back in the day used to go Black Friday shopping together, okay? And then after they would shop, you know, before they actually dropped, they would go to breakfast. Like, <laughs> so I'm like, wait a minute, hold on. Let me get this straight. So you was driving your parents' car <laughs> using their money to go shopping and then to go out to breakfast like you a 35-year-old woman. Like, girl, what? <laughs> Because, listen, y'all, I'm sitting up here thinking, like, first of all, my parents would have been like, uh-uh, you need to pick one. <laughs> you either going to breakfast or you about to go shopping. And we not giving you no more than $100. And if my parents gave me $100 to go shopping back in the day as a teenager, what? <laughs> what? I would have been like, is Jesus coming back, like, tonight or what? Because I couldn't even go shopping, y'all. Um, for like school clothes by myself until I was 17 because my mama didn't play that she was like uh-uh nope nope I'm picking out the clothes with you I'm going with you but I couldn't because I got cut off at 17 so they was like you on your own go shopping on your own here you go um that was the last that was the last time <laughs> That was the last hoorah. Like, here you go. Here's your money. That's it. That's all we done with you. Like, you either going to get a job or something. But this is it. So, so yeah. But, yeah. So, again, call in. Leave me a voice message or send me a text message so we can chop it up and talk about whatever it is that you want to discuss on the show. It's Cyber Monday, so I hope you took advantage of all of the amazing deals that Amazon has to offer. Whatever your secret Santa or loved ones wish for is right at your fingertips for the taking. And it's not too late. Log on to Amazon to make their holiday a great one. I hope you're enjoying this week's episode of Coffee Before the Chaos. Be sure to keep tuning in because the second half is coming up next.
The movie Queen and Slim was directed by Melina Matsukas and the screenplay was by Lena Waithe. I must say that I did enjoy the film. I didn't hate the film. I think that um, it was good. I'm not upset, nor am I wanting a refund for the money that I spent to go see it. Um, and we're about to get into all the the juice and the tea of um, the review for this movie from my POV. Um, but let me just go ahead and give this spoiler for those out there that possibly need it. I am going to spoil this movie. This review is going to be full of spoilers. So if you haven't seen the movie, you might want to stop listening, check out the movie, and then come back and listen to my review. Um, but if you don't care, here it goes. So let me just start off by saying the things that I absolutely loved about the movie. I absolutely loved the cinematography. The cinematography, the visuals were outstanding. I really, really applaud that. Whoever was the head leader in charge of that did an outstanding job. Um, I love the casting. I think that the cast was a phenomenal, outstanding, great performing cast. Also, I really love the soundtrack. The soundtrack was really, really good. I think that it coincided with the movie perfectly. There was only one thing about the soundtrack that I wish was eliminated. And that was the track with Megan Thee Stallion and some other girl on it. That was not necessarily. I mean, that was not necessary for for the movie or I mean for the soundtrack for the movie at all. Like I even the placement in the movie where they put the song in, it was playing in the background when Jody's character um Angela went to her uncle Earl's house. It was playing in the background when the chick with the long hair all the way down to the floor, her braids all the way down to the floor answered the door. It was playing in the background. And I it just did not coincide with the movie for me. But other than that, those were the things that I absolutely loved was the soundtrack and the cinematography and the casting and the acting of the casting. I think that all of that was phenomenal. It was outstanding. It was flawless. Minus the song with Megan Thee Stallion. <laughs> and so I love those things. I also like the fact how the movie took place in Cleveland, Ohio. Um, and it was like an escape from the north to the south. Um, so I like that ode that, that, you know, Lena had written in there. I really like that. Um, and I like the, and I also like the fact that it was, um, Cleveland, Ohio, because usually when people make black movies, it's almost like these black films always take place in the same places. So it was nice that it took place in a city in a state that people probably wouldn't even think that somebody would, um, place, you know, a film in. So that, that I liked, I liked that aspect of it too. And the flow of the movie from the very beginning 
all the way up until all the way up to the protest I absolutely liked the flow I think the flow was smooth I think the transitions were really good I think even the writing up until up until the the protest I even think that that was really good and so now I'm pretty sure you guys can tell where I had an issue with the movie <laughs> the protest is what killed it for me um and then there were also some other scenes within the film that were just not necessary um to me uh the movie was what like two hours and some almost two hours and a half and I feel like a good it was probably you know what for real for real, I'm pretty sure it's probably a good like 45 minutes um at least 30 minutes but 30 to 45 minutes of the film could have been you know taken out and we would have been okay um yeah so like when they were at the gas station and the white boy was so fascinated with the gun like really stop it and then Daniel Kaluuya's character Ernest um was you know it, <laughs> He gave him the gun because the white boy was so fascinated with that damn gun. And aren't y'all in the South? And if you're in the South, I know that that white boy has seen a gun, felt a gun, shot a gun, knows everything about a damn gun, but yet and still was so oddly fascinated with the gun. And then the scene, and then, you know, Daniel Kaluuya's character, Ernest, didn't even take the damn ammunition out the gun. He just gave him the gun to play with for a minute. And then, you know, the the guy, the white boy was acting like he was going to shoot him, but didn't shoot him. And Daniel Kaluuya was scared for a minute, you know, um, or Ernest, you know, his character, Ernest, was scared for a minute. And I'm just like, huh? Like, this isn't even... <laughs> what like <laughs> y'all could have left that out and then the scene where um they were riding the horses now y'all running for y'all damn lives and y'all about to sit and stop to ride a fucking horse like knock it off y'all hot as fuck running from the police okay <laughs> y'all need to keep it moving now, the pit stop that they made when they was at the, you know, the um, the juke joint or whatever, and it was like, you know, I'm pretty sure it was like a black-owned thing. It looked like it anyway because it was nothing but niggas in there. But that, that little pit stop, I liked, and I felt that it was necessary, and it coincided. It made sense for the movie. So that part was fine. But that gas station scene and them riding them damn horses, that didn't make no damn sense. It wasn't necessary. Y'all could have left that out. And back to back to this protest. So there was a scene in the movie where the scene the scene in the movie where um the characters had to get the car fixed. The car, the flashy ass car that they got from her uncle Earl, they had to get it fixed. So they ended up stopping at this, um, this place 
that I presume was black owned because it was a black guy that was working there and it didn't look like anybody else worked there but him. And he had his son there as well. And so they were kind of getting on the guy's nerves. I cannot remember that character's name in the movie because I don't think that he, I don't think that his name was said in the movie, but um, I can't remember. But so he told his son, the guy that was fixing the car told his son to take them for a walk. So pretty much so he could get out of there, so they could get out of his way so he could do his job. And so the son took, um, Daniel Kaluuya and Jody Turner-Smith, the characters Ernest and Angela, took them on a walk or whatever. And on this walk, there was this conversation about immortality. And within that conversation, the boy was so infatuated with what he thought they represented. And that was immortality with what they had done. He was, you know, so engulfed in that. I mean, it was on his face. It was on his countenance, like just everything. And so, um, Angela's character though, um, you know, she wasn't about that. She wanted to live. She wanted to, I was starting to feel like she was feeling like Daniel Kaluuya's character, Ernest. I feel like she was feeling in that moment, how he was feeling when he was like, I just want to go home. Like after he shot the cop, like, I just want to go home to my family. (laughs) I feel like she was feeling like that, even though she didn't really have family to go back home to, I felt like she was feeling like, yo, I just want to live. I don't want to be immortal. I want to live. I mean, and that's how I knew like, okay, yeah, they're definitely going to die. They're not going to live in this movie. They're not going to be able to get to wherever their destination is and, you know, everything be okay. But that's fine. You know, that's fine. But um, the protest scene was interspliced with a sex scene. Um, Ernest and Angela, a.k.a. Queen and Slim, okay, they were, they had sex, okay, but the protest scene, so let me let me start with that first. So the protest scene was that boy who we don't know his actual age, but he couldn't have been no older than 14, okay? So this boy, or at least he didn't look it, okay? So I would presume that that boy's character, which I don't remember his name, but that boy's character, I would not say that he's over like 14 or 15 years old in the movie, and so he went to this protest that was going on because he had told uh, Queen and Slim in that scene when they were talking about immortality, he had told them about a protest that was going to be going on pretty much in their honor. And so um, so at the actual protest, he was coming from the back of the protest, if you will, the back of the crowd, and he was working his way up to the front. So, of course, in the very front of the protest, you had all of the rah-rah people in the front yelling, screaming, spitting, and hollering in the cops' faces, you know, and the cops were, you know, armed and, you know, they had their shields and everything like that. Now, the boy, 
you know, from when he finally made his way to the front, it's like his courage to speak out and his courage to do what he later did in that particular scene. Um, it was building as he was making his way to the front of the pack. And so once he got to the front, you know, he had all the courage and everything in the world to look at these cops and yell, scream, and holler, talking about, yeah, motherfuckers, come and shoot me. I right, come and shoot you. Come and shoot me. You want to kill me. And so there was this black cop that approached the guy because they ended up throwing like some tear gas or whatever. Um, and so the crowd ended up splitting and people were running and some people weren't able to get away because they was getting beat by certain cops and, you know, just chaos. And so the boy was actually had a free escape. All he had to do was turn around and run away, go back home, you know, to the dad who was actually the, the fixer upper of the vehicle of Queen and Slim. But instead, he ended up um, coming face to face with this black police officer that was on the scene at the protest in the movie. And so he was fine as hell, by the way. Um, I don't know what his real name is <laughs> or even if he had a name in the damn movie. But when he approached the boy, you know, he was trying to get him to turn around and go home. You know, I don't remember, of course, verbatim what he said, but he was just like, you know, you know, you don't want to do this. Like, you just want to go just go back home, just turn around and go home. But the boy was so adamant on bickering with this cop like he was like oh what do you want to do you want to shoot me huh if I don't walk away if I don't go home you're gonna kill me huh you want to shoot me too and so the police I think that the police officer what I felt was that the police officer felt where he was coming from he understood where he was coming from but he really didn't want anything bad to happen to this boy he did not want this boy to get hurt he did not want this boy to possibly get killed but due to that boy's actions the boy ended up getting killed because he pulls out this fucking gun and shoots the police officer in the damn face and so then of course the boy ends up getting killed because there's like a crap ton of other cops on the scene at this protest. So they're not about to have you just kill their, you know, their fellow brethren and you just get off scot-free and run away and go home and be immortal. Like, no. And so, I mean, it literally came out of left field. And like I said, it was interspliced with this sex scene of Queen and Slim fucking in the car at a freaking cemetery where... Queen's mama was buried. Uh, what? <laughs> I'm like, I'm literally sitting there like, you got to be shitting me right now. I cannot believe that she wrote this like this. I cannot believe that this is being portrayed on this freaking screen right now. Like I was just thrown, completely thrown. And I, I it had lost me. I was just like, what? Now y'all on the run, but y'all had all this time to fuck in the car. And then too, when they were on the date in the beginning of the movie, she made it crystal clear that the only reason that she had went on this date was because she's a defense attorney. 
her character as a defense attorney, and she had lost the case and her client had got executed by the state. And the only reason that she went to tender was because she actually didn't want to be alone. And she had seen, you know, Ernest's, uh, a.k.a. Slim's picture, and she felt sorry for him. And she was kind of problematic in being difficult in the beginning of the movie, which I didn't have a problem with because, you know, I I just didn't have a problem with her character portrayal in the beginning of the movie because I thought that that was going to be her part, you know, her story from beginning to end. I, you know, I, I didn't know. Like I said, I went into it with no expectations, but I didn't have a problem with how her, you know, how her character was acting in the beginning. But my problem, like I said, came about when this damn protest and this sex scene came about. And I'm just like, so you ended up fucking this guy just because he was there for you to hold your hand as you went down memory lane of how your mother was killed by your uncle. I, 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 okay. Okay. Um, that's fine. But I just, you guys, I just did not, that, like I said, that really threw me. I did not like that. I think that it was very unnecessarily violent. I think it was grotesque and disgusting. And I, I really feel like, especially based upon like the Twitter dialogue that's been going on since the movie came out, like a lot of the activists within this space, you know, were triggered and they feel some type of way about it. And I feel like they have every right to be. And me, I'm not an activist in that space, you know, like the, the Black Lives Matter movement and, um, you know, things of that nature, um, you know, like state issues with the police. I'm not an activist within that space, but, you know, I am a black woman that I, you know, I care, you know, I, I deeply care, but, and I, and if you're going to make a film and you want a conversation to be started about said film, I think your execution has to be on point. Your execution, your your screenplay and your execution have to be on point and you have to make it make sense. And you have to be, you don't have to walk on eggshells. I don't want to, I don't feel like walking on eggshells is going to do it justice. But don't say in interviews that, oh, the Tamir Rice story is um, the, the, the base for me writing Queen and Slim and I want a conversation to be started. What conversation? Because the only conversation from this film that is being had is that goddamn protest and sex scene and how it was interspliced, you know, with one another and threw people for a fucking loop. Like, I... And that's not, and I don't, I mean, maybe that's what she wanted, but I really doubt that. And if that's what she wanted, I think it's kind of, kind of fucked up to bring the Tamir Rice incident that happened into it. Like, I don't, I think that's very insensitive, but 
you know, that's me. And um, just steering away from that just a little bit, because I want to pinpoint just a couple of other things. Um, Queen and Slim were their nicknames. Now, I really had to think about that when I wrote down that bullet point. I was like, okay, because I'm like, how did they come up with those nicknames? Now, I remember a scene, and if you guys remember a different scene, if you remember particular dialogue, please text me, call in, leave me a voice message, or hit me up on social, on Twitter, and let me know. But the only thing that I remember is how, as to how the Queen and Slim nicknames came about for Ernest and Angela were that stupid-ass scene when they were at the gas station with the white boy that was fascinated with the gun. If I'm not mistaken, there was a newspaper article that flashed on the screen, and it had their pictures on it, and it said Queen and Slim. Now, I might be getting it confused with a different scene. I'm not 100% sure. I can't remember. But I I think that... um. That newspaper had Queen and Slim on it and their picture. And then, of course, you know, newspaper article writings and whatnot. But that's the only thing that I can remember. Because I, cause I'm like, I never heard um, Daniel or Jody's character, Ernest and Angela, referring to themselves as Queen and Slim. I don't, I don't recall that. So if y'all remember specifically, do let your girl know because um, that one had me kind of, you know, stumble. Um, and I will say too that Queen's character, um, Jody Turner Smith uh, character, Angela, aka Queen, like I said earlier in the beginning of the movie, I really was fascinated and into her character. But as the movie progressed, um, I would say once they got to, you know, the pimp, a.k.a. Uncle Earl's house, <laughs> um, it, it kind of fell flat to me. Her character kind of fell flat. And it was, it was like, uh, mm-hmm. It's like she kind of, you know, it she kind of like lost herself almost. Whereas Daniel Kalua, we knew who his character Ernest was from Jump. And it's almost like his character got stronger as the movie progressed. And it's almost like her character just went flat. Not weaker. Her character didn't get weaker to me, but it just went flat. It was just like, okay, that... But, um, yeah. And then the broke-ass Trinidad James-looking wannabe dude that ended up getting the money. First of all, um, I thought that the white couple that ended up helping them, they were, you know, um, hiding at their house or whatever. I thought the wife was going to be the one to rat them out. And it was kind of interesting how Lena, you know, wrote that, you know, that because like I said, I knew that they were going to die um, at the end. Like I knew that death was going to be, you know, it for them. But it was interesting to me because I think maybe, just maybe, 
what Lena, why she wrote it like that. I'm thinking that maybe she wrote it like that because I know that I'm not the only one that thought it was that white woman, that man's wife. Because if y'all remember in the movie, she told them like, yeah, it's a bounty on both of y'all heads. They got 250000 on both of y'all heads, you know, and that could help us pay off our mortgage. I don't know if y'all remember that. But, and so I was just like, oh yeah, she probably going to be the one to, you know, turn him in. But it was that, you know, broke ass Trinidad James looking nigga. Um, he, he was the one that ended up getting the money. And I think that Lena was probably maybe alluding to like, or implying that it be your own people that cause your downfall. Because if it wasn't for him, you know, the one with the gold teeth, if it wasn't for him, they would have made it to Cuba. They would have been able to get there and, you know, do whatever they was going to do there. But, you know, that's my take on it. So what do y'all think? Do y'all think that? Like, because I think that, I really think that that's a huge possibility of what she was trying to, you know, say when she wrote it like that, when she wrote that screenplay like that. Um. But, you know, she, you know, stated that in interviews that she wanted a conversation to be started. And again, sis, what conversation? Because we just talking about them in this protest scene and them fucking in the car. Not anything having to do with state issues with the police. And I really don't feel as if the, the whole, you know, gist of this movie was it. A, a good illustration of the black experience with, you know, state issues with the police in its totality of it all. I don't feel like that was portrayed or executed in this movie whatsoever. And, um, I wish it had been because I was, I was really excited to see it. Um, I definitely don't feel like it is a black version of Bonnie and Clyde. Because Bonnie and Clyde were just straight criminals, you know, just murking motherfuckers. They ended up, you know, killing that police officer or, you know, um, Daniel Kaluuya's character ended up killing the police officer out of self-defense, you know, because that police officer was on some bullshit. And a lot of times they do be on that bullshit, just, you know, just being pricks for no reason. But, um, yes, that is my take on that movie so um y'all let me know what y'all think hit me up and let me know like i said i gave y'all my number um and of course y'all have my um social media tags um so make sure you hit me up let's have some dialogue let's chop it up you know conversation is always good communication is always key in relationships and i'm trying to build a relationship with y'all okay so that's all the time that i have um for today of course, remember to smile at a stranger, you guys. Be ever so kind and gentle to yourself. And I'll holla at y'all next week. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I appreciate the love and support from you all. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review for me. And as always, follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Jamina Aisha. Now y'all be easy and kick ass in everything that you do. And I'll talk to you guys later.